0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here this morning. Love Pastor Jerry and Sister Elaine so much and and all the staff here. You have wonderful, wonderful pastors and it's good to be together here today. Let's just ask the Lord's blessing on our uh, on, the, on his word this morning. Father, we thank you for uh, your goodness and we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to come together as a church, God, and to hear from you. God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning, God. We didn't come here just to, just to come out of ritual or religion. God, we came here to hear from you. And as we've experienced your presence, Lord, now we want to hear your voice. and We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it has been a season. I think if you talk to people around you, all of us would say that this has been a very, very unusual season. And it's not very often that we go through a season all at the same time. But it's been a very uh, uncertain season. It would be a good word for it. There's been so much uncertainty and there continues to be so much uncertainty seems seems to be around around the virus and and the unsettledness in our nation and and that that trickles down and affects that trickles down and affects us um, on our on our jobs and our finances and in our homes and in our relationships. And there's so many things in life that have been uncertain. And if you're anything like me. I like things to be solid and I like things to be stable and I like that for things to go to be evenly in life. And I think that that's most of us. But something that I've come to know, and I'm sure that you know this as well, is that even though we don't desire or we don't like seasons of uncertainty, that God is okay with seasons of uncertainty in our life. God is okay with those seasons that come into our life. Maybe they come into our life out of decisions that we've made. Maybe they come into our life out of out of no choice of our own. But when we find ourselves in tumultuous times, in times of up and down, in times where we don't know what the next step looks like, or we don't know what's right around the corner, or we feel like things are completely out of control, how many of you know and realize that God's okay with that in our lives? And the reason that God's okay with that in our lives is because he knows and understands that out of those seasons of uncertainty, it gives us an opportunity to move into a different season. As believers and as children of God, what God desires for us in those moments and in those seasons is to allow those seasons where things are unsettled and those, those, those seasons where things are uncertain, that they would move us into a different season. And that is a season of trust. God desires for us to trust Him because the Scriptures Well, the scripture tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the currency of God's kingdom. Faith is what moves God. And if I'm not trusting God, then God can't step into my situation and begin to move. So when things get scary and things get anxious in our lives. That's not where God intends for you and I to stay. I don't know what you're going through in life right now, but if we had a chance to sit down and talk, I think most of us would be able to say, there are certain aspects of our life that are not firm. They're not stable. There's some unknowingness. There's some uncertainness that we have in our life. And it's in those places and in those seasons in our life that we have to take the opportunity to move into another season. Because fear and anxiety is not God's destination for his children, but they are places that we have to walk through on the way to the destination that God has for us. And that is a destination of God coming through. See, trust is what enables God. Trust is the on-ramp. Trust is the entryway. Trust opens. The door for God to come in and to make changes in our life. So, if you're in a place of uncertainty right now, we've got to begin to view it a little bit differently. Instead of being frustrated with it, instead of just wishing that things would change, how many of you know we've got to begin to pivot and we've got to begin to embrace this season and know and understand that God's not wringing his hands over my life, over my health, over my finances, over my marriage, over my children, over my future? God's okay with the uncertainty because what it should do for our lives is draw us closer to him it should draw us into a deeper place of putting our trust in him because it's in these moments if you're anything like me over the past few months or even the last couple of years in your life you've just been standing in a day or you've been standing in a moment and you just kind of put your hands up and you just say I have no idea where this thing is going. I have no idea how this is going to turn out and I have no idea how I'm going to get there. But one of the prayers, one of the deepest and richest prayers I've learned to pray in some of the darkest, deepest seasons of uncertainty in my life is this. It's not real complicated. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. And some of us this morning just need to get a hold of that instead of saying, oh, I just don't know. I just don't know where this thing is going. I just don't know how it's going to turn around. And living in fear and anxiety, God doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to take this opportunity. Maybe our circumstances haven't changed in any way, but we can step from a place of anxiety into a place of peace by pivoting from fear over to trust. The Scripture tells us, In 2 Samuel 22, uh, 22, 31, it says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. I love it. It says, He is a shield to all. And it doesn't end right there. It says, He is a shield to all who trust in Him. In him, See, it's a cause and effect. How many of you know God is always inviting us into what it is that he's doing? You know, God could do everything, but he chooses to partner with us. And he says he will be a shield in our life if we put our trust in. In him, Psalms 20, 37, 40 says, and and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him because of our choice to put our faith in in God because we choose to trust him it says he'll help us it says he'll deliver us it says he'll save us it's in verse 5 it says commit your way to the lord trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass see we have a part to play and so many times what we're trying to do is the part that's not our part and that's what makes life so difficult and such a struggle is because we're out here trying to put our hands and control of the circumstances and manipulate things and fix things the way that we think that they should go. We're trying to chart our own course. And all the time, God is just saying, if you'll just step back and your part is to trust me. And if we will trust Him, then that opens the door for God to come in and do what we can't do. If we will do what He's asked us to do, then He will come in and do what we cannot do. There is power in trusting God. Now, the enemy would try to convince us, oh, that's not going to do anything. You need to step out. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to be putting your hands on this or that. But it all begins from a place of trust. So if there's uncertainty in your life this morning, if there's fear or anxiety in your life over areas of your life, over relationships in your life, no matter what it is, there's a cause and effect. And God gives us the opportunity. Here's the reality. The reality is whenever we face things in life that are unstable or uncertain, we all put our trust in something. We're all trusting something. We're either trusting ourselves or we're trusting the advice of a friend or we're trusting the bank account or our job. We're trusting. The scripture tells us it says, some trust. In chariots. And some trust in horses. Meaning, there some people just, we trust in what we can put our hands on and what we can see. And what we can do. But the, the psalmist goes on to say, but we will not trust in those things. But we will trust and we will remember the name of the Lord our God. See, trust is a choice. Trust is an act of my will. Because even as sons and daughters of God... When we, when we walk through things in life, God gives us the opportunity to have peace. He gives us the opportunity to trust Him. But that doesn't mean that we're going to. We can trust in, in uh, horses and we can trust in chariots. We can trust in what we can do and what we can figure out. Or we can choose to pivot and we can choose to trust in the name of the Lord our God. And if we will trust God, it opens the door for God to step in. I love the scripture in Revelations 3 that says Jesus says this. And I know we use it in a lot of different contexts, but I use it a lot over and over in my life. He just says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, then I'll come in. How many of you know when Jesus comes in, things change? When He comes in, when His presence comes in, things change. He is light. In Him is no darkness at all. He is love. Perfect love cast out all fear. So how do we open the door to His presence in our life? It's by putting our trust in Him. If we true, choose to trust God, then He can move on our behalf. Psalms 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom... I will trust. Sitting right there in your car this morning, just say that. I will trust. It's an act of my will. I will trust in God, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Psalms forty-four-six says, I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. For it is you who gives us victory over our enemies. So it's an act of our will. I will not trust in horses and chariots. I will not trust in my bow. I will not trust in my own wisdom. I will not trust in my job or on the government, but I will trust in the name of the Lord, my God. So for some of us today, what God wants us to, to hear is that I have to make a conscientious choice to say that I'm going to open the door for God to come in and do something in my life. It's not just hoping, wringing my hands and being anxious that God's going to do something. I have to exercise my will to say that I know that if I choose to put my trust in God, then it opens the door. It becomes an open door for him to come in and turn things around. You know, many times in church, we get really good at churching, churching things up, right you know, churching our lives up, and, and so many times, I know in my own life, um, trust is has been more of a, a religious cliche than it has been a reality in life, and somebody'll ask you, you know how are you' doing or whatever?" and you know i mean i 've said it i 've been guilty i 'll just say well i 'm just trusting god i 'm just trusting God. Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever said you were trusting God? This would be a good time for a confessional. Anybody ever said, I'm I'm just trusting God, brother. And deep down on the inside, you were anxious and you were fearful. And you, like me, weren't really trusting God. Because if we're really trusting God, it changes things in our life. If we're really trusting God, there's a barometer in our life that we can check to know if we're really trusting God. If we're really trusting God and believing him and what he is saying to us and we're really looking to him, that's our part then there will come a peace in it, and that peace changes the atmosphere on the inside of us. And regardless of what's taking place on the outside, when that peace comes, it's an indicator that I have moved into a different place in my life and it's a place of trust. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes. I want, to, I want us to be reminded of a story in the New Testament that we're all very familiar with and I only have a few moments, but trusting God can be a religious cliché. Trusting God can also be something we just say that we need to do. But many times I found out in my own life it's easier said than done. But God would never call us to do something. He would never give us a tool or a weapon to use in our life that's that powerful without giving us the ability to take hold of it and use it in our life. And I just want us to be reminded this morning of some things that we have to know if we're going to move into a place of trust. Because many of us today are just a pivot from from fear to trust. Just a pivot away from saying, I will not trust in this, but I will trust in God. And when we do that, then God can come in and begin to change my situation. But I want to talk real quickly about some uh, five things we need to know if we're going to be people who can trust, truly trust, God. And if you recall the story in John chapter 11 of Lazarus, Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And in John chapter 11, we we read about how Lazarus was very sick. And that's where I want to pick up this morning. And my first point, and I'm just going to go through these real quick. The first point, if we're going uh, if we're going to trust God, the first thing we need to know is, number one, that we can trust God's heart. We can trust God's heart. In John 11, 1 and 2, it says a man named Lazarus was sick and he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. And the scripture says in another version, he was sick to the point of death. And we know that he was because later on in the passage, he did physically die. Verse two, it says, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus because Jesus wasn't around. But they sent a message to Jesus telling him, the Lord, Lord, the one that you love is very sick. And this point is foundational to all the other points that we would be able to talk about this morning. And that is this, that if we're going to trust God, we have to know that we can trust God's heart because we can't trust anyone that we don't know. How many of you know you're not going to put your trust in someone that you don't know? If a stranger walks up to you and says, hey, uh, I'll watch your kids for a half an hour if you want to go go do this or that. And if you don't know them, you're not going to put your children in their care because you don't know them. Therefore, you can't trust them. See, if we're going to trust God, we, we're going to have to know his heart and we have to know that we can trust God's heart. What I love about this, this part of the story is, is that Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus and their request for Jesus to come and help them was predicated on this point. And they said this, they said, Jesus, the one that you love is sick. They knew that they could turn to Him because they knew Him and they knew His love and they knew that they could trust His heart. See, we don't trust someone that we don't know. We don't trust someone that that we don't know their heart. And so if we're going to trust God, we've got to come to know Him. Many times we're not willing to trust God because we really haven't taken the opportunity and the time that's needed to develop the relationship with Him To know that we can fully trust Him. I mean, if you're like me, there's been many times that I say, okay, God, I'm going to trust You with this. And I get right up to the edge and I pull back because I'm afraid. I'm afraid that He maybe won't do what's best for me. Or maybe He won't give me what it is I think that I need. Or that He won't work it out in a way that I feel like is best. Do you know what I'm talking about? But we have to know that we can trust the heart of God. We have to know that we can trust that He is good. We have to know that we can trust that He's a provider, that He's a protector, that He's a good shepherd, and that He will lead us and He will guide us and He will direct us so that when we come into these moments in life, the first thing that we're sure of is that we can pivot to put our trust in God because we know that we can trust His heart. And Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. He was off in another town. And they sent word to Him and they said, Jesus, the one that love is sick do you know that you are loved by God do you know that you are loved unconditionally many times we don't come to God and invite him to get involved in our situation because we don't truly truly believe that we are unconditionally loved by him we feel like that we got to work things out we got to get things better Uh, maybe I need to do 90 percent of it so that God will be pleased with me and if I'm doing all these things then maybe God maybe God will get involved and maybe God will be okay and he will help me but God's not like that at all. He wants us to know this morning that we can trust Him because we can trust His heart. He is unchanging. He is merciful. Anybody blow it this week? Anybody mess it up this week? Was there anybody here on this parking lot this morning that that was imperfect like me this week? But how many of you know? How many of you know that that has no impact on the power of the blood of Jesus over our lives? It has no impact on the love of God for us. And Mary and Martha knew that they could call on Jesus because they knew that he loved Lazarus. He loved them unconditionally. If we're going to trust God, we have to know that we can trust God's heart. Secondly, if we can trust God's heart, then secondly, we know that we can trust God's timing. The scripture says it's such an amazing story to me that when Jesus got word, I don't know how they sent word back then, but it wasn't text messages and it wasn't email. I think they sent a messenger to the next city. But when Jesus got the word, the scripture says this, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. It says that when Jesus found out that he was needed, that Mary and Martha sent word that Lazarus was sick unto to death because he loved them. It says that he stayed where he was at two more days. So many times in our life, we 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 start off and say we're going to trust God. And then when God's timetable is different than our timetable, then we want to we want to back up because we think maybe God's not trustworthy. From the outsider looking at this, uh, at this story, this real life story, the disciples around Jesus, I think everybody was probably scratching their head. It says, because Jesus loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha so much, he stayed where he was at. How many of you know that we, we, hear, we hear the cliche that God's never late, God's right on time, but when that translates to your life and to my life, walking that out is a different scenario. See, the only way we're going to be able to truly follow through on this trust thing with God is and to trust His timing because 99 times out of 100, God's timetable is going to be different than our timetable. And I love the Scripture. It says that God is not slow in Hebrews concerning His promise, yet He is being faithful and patient for our sake. The only way we're going to be able to trust God's timetable... And know that I can go another day with circumstances the way that they are, seemingly unchanged. is because I know that I can trust His heart. And I can know that that God is faithful and God is true and that God is working and God is involved on my behalf. And if I truly trust His heart, then I can trust His timing. So just because Jesus didn't show up at the time they thought He should show up, how many of you know it didn't mean that God wasn't working? We can trust God's timing. Number three, the other thing we have to know is we can trust God's plan. How many of you know that the Scripture tells us that God's ways aren't our ways? And so many times we want to say, God, I trust you, but why don't you come and bless this choice that I'm making? But we got to come to a point where we know and understand that God has a plan. His ways are higher than his, our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He always has a purpose and He always has a plan that will work for us in our life if we will choose to trust Him, choose to trust His timing, true, choose to know that He's always working a greater purpose in our situation. Oh, it's so uncertain and oh, it's so hard and oh, I, how I wish things were would change. But in the midst of all that, if we will trust His heart and we'll trust trust His timing, and we'll trust His plan, we have to know and understand that He's working things for our good. And He's working things for the good of those around us. See, the plan that God was working in this particular situation was this. See, if He would have showed up when Mary and Martha wanted Him to come, He could have came and He could have healed Lazarus. He could have healed him. But you know what? Most people up until that time had seen Jesus heal people. But the scripture says that there was something greater that God wanted to reveal through this situation. He wanted to reveal himself to Mary and Martha and to Lazarus, not only as healer, but to the whole community in the surrounding area. He wanted to reveal himself in a greater way. He wanted to reveal himself as the resurrection and the life. He said, this sickness in Lazarus' life, it's not unto death, he said, but it is for the greater glory. It is for the glory of God. And so many times in our life we're just we're looking at the immediate. We're looking at the moment. We're looking at our situation. We're looking at how it affects me and how I feel and what my bank account is like or how I'm feeling in the moment. But if we're going to trust God, we have to be able to back up and say, you know what? God, I trust your heart. God, I trust your timing. God, I trust your plan because I know you're working a greater purpose and I'm willing to surrender to say, God, whatever it is that you want to bring forth through this, God, I'm willing to trust you. We can trust God's plan. And how many of you know then we can also trust God's word? You know, when Jesus got there, when he came back and he finally got there, it had been four days. And and in that day and time the Jews believed that if a person had been dead three days, they believed that that their spirit could re-enter their body. But if it went beyond three days then it was over. So it's interesting to me that Jesus waited till the fourth day because he wanted them to know that there was no possibility. That, that, that man could do this but he got there on the fourth day and my fourth point is we can trust God's word how many of you know God always has something to say if we're willing to listen and when God speaks and when God's word goes forth it changes everything in John eleven twenty three, 23 it says Jesus said to her your brother will rise again Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die He shall live. His word preceded his action. His word preceded his miracle. Some of us this morning just need to hear a word from God. We may be trusting God, but we may be weary in that trust. We may be trying to trust God, but we're finding it hard to trust God. But all we need is a word from him. He said that when he said the scripture tells us that when God speaks a word or he sends forth his word that he watches over his word to perform it and that it never ever returns unto him void but it always accomplishes what he sent it out to do in that moment he was doing more than informing mary and martha that lazarus was going to rise from the dead he was making a supernatural decree and when it came out of his mouth when his word went forth it began the process of unfolding the miracle You need a word this morning. All we have to do is turn to Jesus. God will give us a word. And then lastly, number five, as we wrap this thing up, we have to also know that that if we can trust his word, number five, we can also trust God enough to obey him. At some point in the journey, our trust journey, God will always bring us to a point where he asks us to get involved in some way. The Scripture says to be doers of the Word and not to be hearers only. In this story, we know what happened, right? Jesus said, He told the girls, He told the sisters, He said, you go and roll away the stone. That's what He said. He said, you go and roll away the stone. You know, if you think about it, if Jesus was the resurrection and the life, you remember, He was going to be pretty good at rolling away stones. He rolled one away, didn't He? A little bit later on. But He told them to roll away the stone. In that moment, they had the option, they had the opportunity to either say, I fully trust you or I don't. And I love the humanity of scripture. And I love where it shows us here that their response is, you know, Jesus, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if that's really a great idea, because if I roll away the stone, something you need to know is that he's going to stink. Right? His body's already decomposing. And what is everybody else going to think about it? You know, if we roll away the stone and it stinks and everybody calls us crazy and then he doesn't come out of there, God, you know, this isn't going to look good. We're going to, it's going to ruin our reputation. I'm sure there was a million reasons why they didn't want to obey what God was asking them to do. But it was the final step. It was the final step. It, It requires us to get involved with God because true trust will move us to a point of making a step. And so it says that they went and they rolled the stone away. You know, it probably wasn't easy to do. It was probably pretty heavy. But when they did what they could do, Jesus did what they could never do. He called Lazarus forth and Lazarus received his spirit again and he came out living. And the scripture says that they took off his grave clothes. And the scripture says there was great rejoicing and many in the whole area came to know. The power of God in the name of Jesus. How many of you know that we can trust God? If you will, just close your eyes right right there where you're at this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Donald, if he will, to come. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but if you're anything like me, you don't have it all together. Not everything in your life is easy. Not everything in your life is certain. Not everything in your life is taken care of. Not everything in your life is stable. But God wants you to know this morning that you can trust his heart. You can trust his timing. You can trust his plan. You can trust his word. You can obey what he's calling you to do. So take whatever that is in your life this morning. Brother Donald's going to come and lead us to a place of putting that in the hands of God. And we believe that as we do that, he's going to come in. It's going to be a doorway for our miracle in Jesus' name.
1: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, give him a great big blow! and praise, hallelujah thank you Lord glory, glory, glory well it's easy to go and ask God to help us to trust him today, come on in your car there wherever you are right now, lift your hands before the Lord today and say Lord we done tried everything that we know and we came up empty and Lord right now we're ready to trust you with all our hearts, all our mind, all our soul, and all our strength, if that's you this morning, come on, give Him a horn blow this morning. I uh, say so I'm ready, Lord. I'm thanking. I'm ready today to trust You, to lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways I want to acknowledge You, God. I want you to direct me, Lord. Lead me every day of my life, God. Speak to me, God. We are here like the little child Samuel. Speak, Lord, for your service here, God. And, Lord, we want to go in the direction of you, O oh God. And, Father, I thank you that the weapon that's been formed against the church, the family, our lives, we say it's not going to prosper. Lord, we are here this morning to condemn it today and say it's in the wrong. Lord, give us a hearing ear, God. Lord, that we'll be able to trust you, Lord. Come on, just say that right now in under your breath there. Just say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. When things are going bad, when things seem like they are not going to work out, I trust you, Lord. Because, Lord, I know that you may not be there when I want you to be there. But you always on time. Come on, if he's been on time for you, come on, give him a honk blow this morning. Because he is a God that would never leave us, nor forsake us. And we love you, Lord. We bless the name of the Lord today. Thank you, Lord, as we trust you, Lord. And we believe you, Lord. We thank you for leading us all the way in, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.